It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is a Tuesday. Today, we're going to talk about rumors and some more rumors and a few more rumors, and amid all the rumors, got a moment that we're going to take for a new segment called A Minute or Two with Joey. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Check me out on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and the show at Locked On Reds. Also, check out LockedOnReds.com for even more content. And save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone. Might get to a question or two later on in the show at 513-549-0159. So let's, uh, let's, let's do this, you know. I hadn't played this one in a while. Yeah. Thought I forgot about I like that. Okay, so the winter meetings are going on right now. We kind of gave you a little bit of a preview in yesterday's episode, taking a look at what the Reds need. So now let's just dive into all of the rumors because there's been a lot. Obviously, teams are moving, talking, thinking, meeting with different agents and other teams and deciding all this, and there's just rumors galore thanks to all of the media coverage that are at the winter meetings right now. And there's been a couple of, you know, as solid as rumors can get, a couple of solid rumors that have come out of this. The first big one is that the Indians have announced that they're really not looking to trade Francisco Lindor. Now, you can take this one of two ways. You can look at this and you can say, well, that's it. Reds aren't getting them. Which... Let's be honest. That's a pretty. That was pretty a slim uh, pickings, uh, kind of a, a slim hope to begin with. But this isn't necessarily a no. That's the other way you can look at it. You can say, well, you know, they kind of still left the door open. The Indians are playing it smart. They've got him for two more years under a contract that's far less than he really should be making. He's probably going to make close to about $17 million this year. He's worth a lot more than that. Arbitration's helping the Indians here. So the Indians are in no need to get rid of him. Now, they're going to try and do so probably either at the deadline this year or definitely next offseason because they basically made no bones about the fact that they're not going to re-sign him. They believe that they have basically priced themselves out of their own player and they've just given up the idea that they're going to keep him any longer than his current contract states. So they'll be looking to trade him eventually. I think this is just an Indian's ploy of basically saying, 
impress us, and we will trade. Look, the Reds, if they were in this, were never going to get Francisco Lindor on the cheap. They were never going to get him for the kind of deal that you look at and you're like, wow, this was an obvious win. A trade for Francisco Lindor will hurt, right? You're going to look at the players that the Reds give up and you're like, you know, is it really worth all this? The, the answer is yes, but I mean, you know, if they go crazy and they start the negotiation with Eugenio Suarez, I think uh, that was something that James Rapine, last time I had him on the show, he had mentioned, you know, we're starting the conversation with uh, Eugenio Suarez. I'm like, eh, that might be a little bit too rich for me. But, you know, Nick Senzel, maybe. What's your thoughts on that? Would you, would you like a deal that brought Francisco Lindor to Cincinnati, but it included sending Nixon Zell to Cleveland. I wonder. I myself, I don't know. I think uh, it would probably take some convincing. At first, I'd look at that and I'd be like, man, that's, that's hard to lose. But I really think Lindor is worth it. Lindor makes this team a playoff team. If you add Francisco Lindor to the Reds, they're a playoff team. Just depends on what it will cost. The Indians are being smart about that and driving up the price. There's not really been too much about Mookie bets, but I have kind of dove into the Twitter pile that is anything to do with Mookie bets trade rumors. And really, as far as rumors concerned, they run the spectrum. There's some that think that there's absolutely no chance they trade him. There's some that think that he's going to get traded tomorrow. There is a consensus, however, among amongst Boston fans, and they hate this. They hate the idea. And I would, too. If I was a Red Sox fan, I'd hate the idea of losing Mookie Betts, but not just because they would lose Mookie Betts, but also they don't feel as if they would get a good enough return. This is his contract year. He's only got one more year left. So while it would take a lot to get him, there still would be a bit of a uh, governor. You know, like, is, is that the right governor? Um, there's a limiter, you know, like a speed limiter on a car or something like that. There's a limit to how much they could get back. That was a really terrible analogy. Whatever, I'm not editing that out. Um, (laughs) It just, you know, as far as Mookie Betts is concerned, he might actually be a little bit cheaper than Francisco Lindor, but he also makes the team a playoff team right now. I'd I'd be interested to see. And actually, you know, would you give up Nixon Zell for Mookie Betts? That's a question worth asking, too. Let me know at 513-549-0159. Tell you what, i got a few more things we want to jump into. Rumors and different things like that. Talking about D.D. Gregorius here in a moment. Also want to get to a minute with Joey. But first, you ought to look at treating yourself to the meal that you deserve. Now I know that some of you, depending on when you listen to this, uh, maybe you're hungry. I recently learned that one of the listeners to the podcast enjoys listening to the show whenever they are getting ready in the morning, so maybe not, or or maybe, you know what, whatever. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you. 
with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked on. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. For this next segment, I want to introduce for the first time on the podcast throughout the rest of the offseason, I'm going to have these segments, but this is going to be the Joey Votto segment. Again, we're going to still think about a... Uh, Better name there, but it's a Q&A that I attended at Reds Fest. It was a season ticket member only thing, but I figure there's a lot of great content in here. So I'm going to play different parts of the conversation throughout the rest of the offseason here. This is just kind of the first couple of parts. Jim Day begins the conversation. This is really a conversation between Jim Day and Joey Votto with us in the audience just enjoying the show. But Jim Day begins the conversation by asking him the question that everybody's all wondering, especially after you saw the picture of Joey at Reds Fest, and that is, what's up with the beard, and did he just start growing it yesterday, or...? Actually, the uh, second to last week of the season, I, I just... something about knowing you're not going to make the playoffs that just can really make you want to grow a disgusting beard. It's actually looking a little bit better. I think I'm going to let it grow, and... I know a lot of people ask whether or not I'm going to wear it next year. It was a hot summer. I'm not sure I will. We'll see. It's at that point that Jim Day reminds Joey Votto that this is his 13th Reds Fest. Okay. Well, let's four or five more, you know? And in the next few years, we'll be talking about championships. Jim Day then begins to dig a little bit deeper and ask Joey how the offseason's going. It's been good. I, I purchased a house last year in December, and I finally got to get myself settled up in Toronto. I get to see family and just build a little bit of a routine. It's been really great. Thank you. Yeah. He then asks him about if he's watching his favorite team, the Toronto Raptors, and seeing a lot of those games. And Joey had an interesting answer to this. I've only been to one game. And, and you know, um, I think as I've gotten older um, and, you know, performing in front of fans and, and, and competing in a uniform that all, all sports have kind of lost their luster. Uh, I think when I was younger, it used to be exciting, but um, now I spend most of my time and energy with, with people close to me and a little less time. A little bit of YouTube time. I spend probably a little bit too much time on I usually watch podcasts like uh, Rogan and Chris D'Elia and a few other ones, but uh, I, mostly just comedies just to have just have some noise on in the background if I'm cleaning or taking care of things at the house. So there we go. Joey loves podcasts. Heck, he might be a fan of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Joey, this is a standing invitation to you. You are welcome on the show whenever you want. Just hit me up at Lockdown Reds on Twitter or at Jeff Carr with three Fs on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we'll get something going here. Love to have you on the show. <laughs> anyway, I. I I love this Q&A, and I'm very happy to be bringing it to you the rest of this offseason. Joey had a lot of really insightful answers. I mean, if you've seen a post-game interview with Joey Vadi, you know that he's a smart guy, and he really gives a lot of good answers, and uh, I think we got a lot of those to play for you. Real quick, before we uh, get over, I, I want to do at least one Locked On Reds line uh text message i got a couple text messages in there but before we get to that i wanted to just kind of broach the subject there was a couple of different things that came out 
about D.D. Gregorius yesterday, amongst all of the different rumors. There was one, it was from John Heyman, and actually it might have been a couple days ago, but he had mentioned that D.D. was looking for a 14 to $15 million deal, 14 to 15 per year, and multi-years and something like that, and he specifically singled out the Reds, and he said that this price would price the Reds out of the D.D. Gregorius sweepstakes. I'm sorry, I, I did not know John Heyman was in charge of the Reds' finances. I really don't think that to be an issue at all. There's been plenty of reports. In fact, there was a report on Reds.com that talked about they have mutual interest. D.D. has interest in coming back to Cincinnati, and the Reds want him to come back. So maybe it's only a matter of time. And it's funny because uh, Dave Pemberton, uh, he reminded me that last offseason, the rumors were swirling about the Reds and trying to go after Trevor Bauer. And of course, it took until the trade deadline to get him. But at the same token, John Heyman tweeted something to the effect of the Reds, probably it's probably too rich for the Reds to get Trevor Bauer. Well, they ended up getting him anyway. So I don't know that I put a whole lot of stock in what John Heyman is saying about the Reds not getting him. And then there was actually something else that kind of was intriguing to me. MOB Trade Rumors reported really late, actually more early in the morning on Tuesday, close to about 2 a.m., talking about DD is open to the idea of a one-year prove-it deal, which leads me to believe that he's trying to get a deal done quickly. And the whole idea of a multi-year deal of 14 to $15 million a year is not working out. Because if you're open to a prove-it deal, that, you know, you must not be getting that multi-year deal. I don't know. But I think the Reds might be in a good situation to get King DDD on the Reds. That'd be a nice get if it is indeed impossible to get Francisco Lindor from the Indians. So we're going to end today's show on a question from the Locked On Reds line text messages. And this one is from Lee. He said that on the topic of the fifth starter, he read something interesting. And he forgot what the exact source was. But it, it imp- seemed to imply that Nick Lodolo has a chance at making the roster. It's definitely a very small chance. But it's still there because he will be in big league camp come spring training time. He says he's all over he's he's all about moving guys at a faster pace through the minor leagues and he asks how would you feel about that happening I'll tell you Lee I really do like that idea I like the idea of Nick Lodola moving through the system I got the chance to watch him pitch a game in Dayton last season and he was absolutely phenomenal now he didn't pitch a whole heck of a lot in the reds minor leagues last year but that's because he had a lot of innings in college uh, finishing up the year his final year at tcu so it's not as if he needed a ton of innings to get through the rest of the season that being said the bit that i saw him pitch he has great command really good mechanics and that's just kind of an amateur lover of baseball watching a guy pitch but even more so talking with Doug Gray and and he you know in touch with the Red Scouts and stuff they love everything that they're seeing from him there's not really been too much that has given them pause just yet 
I'd love to see him move through the system. He's a little bit of an older rookie. He's not necessarily, you know, 18, 19 years old. So I think that if they were to move him through the system quicker, I don't think that would be such a bad idea. In fact, I'd love it if he does push Tyler Malley for the fifth starter spot. And who knows? Maybe he even gets it. I think he would have to pitch absolutely out of his mind in spring training to even broach that idea. But at the same time, I would love the idea of moving him through faster. The only problem with the idea is that you would kind of need to know it now while you still have the chance to sign somebody. The thing with signing a veteran fifth starter is that would take the pressure off of the younger guys to move through the system. Now, I get it. If there's opportunity, opportunity could breed success. But at the same time, you're not wanting to thrust a ton of responsibility on rookies' shoulders in a year where you have mandated to the fans and told everyone that you're going for the playoffs. Maybe there's a rookie that, and and, and maybe that's something that as a rookie you want. Maybe you want that pressure. But I think it's a good idea if they have a contingency plan. Now, if they, you know, go after a cost-effective fifth starter and they don't really find anybody that's actually, you know, willing to take a cost-effective deal and at the same time good enough to warrant being brought in as a free agent, then I'm okay with this idea of having an open competition for the fifth starter spot and Nick Lodola being a part of that. I'm all for moving guys through the system faster. And that also goes double for Tyler Stevenson because it'd be great to have his bat up. As long as his bat translates to the major leagues, it'd be great to have his bat in the major leagues as quickly as possible. But I do like the question, Lee, because that's something that I'll definitely be watching this spring training. I I do think that they will at least give him some innings in Chattanooga and maybe some innings in Louisville as well before they bring him up. They they did kind of bring Luis Castillo up straight from double A to the majors. So maybe there's something like that in store for Nicoladolo. I also think Nicoladolo is probably a pretty lucrative trade chip right now as well. So who knows if he's even on the Reds roster come spring training, but I like the idea, Lee. That's going to do it for us today on the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. If you've got any questions, if you've got any reactions, if you thought I was completely off base about something, let me know. 513-549-0159. If you leave a voicemail, there's a chance you can make it on the podcast and I'll play it on the podcast and then we'll answer it and all that good stuff. And you know, text messages work too. 513-549-0159. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and the show at Lockdown Reds. Go over to LockdownReds.com for even more content. And as always, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. My name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow or sooner if there's a reason to have an emergency podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.